I am Planta on the line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. Doc said the documentary film festival begins this Thursday, the 4th of May, and joining me now is someone who's no stranger to the festival, Nettie Wild. She's the subject of a new short film by Han Pham and Dave Roden Short, Chasing Light. It's part of the Memory Without Home program, with at least two screenings the afternoon of May 6th and 11th. Visit doxafestival.ca for more information on showing dates and times, and of course tickets. Nettie Wild is a 2023 recipient of a Governor General's Award in Visual and Media Arts, and Chasing Light was made as part of the prize, a tribute to the recipient. I'll ask Ms. Wild about uh, what we see in the film, how she views her work and her career, and her latest project, a video triptych, She's made with uh, Scott Smith. It's currently at the uh, Comox Valley Art Gallery until May 27th. Nettie Wild is one of Canada's leading documentary filmmakers, whose uh, films include Conaline, Our Land Beautiful, Fix, The Story of an Addicted City, A Rustling of Leaves, Inside the Philippine Revolution, and A Place Called Chiapas. We'll uh, talk, too, about her move into art installations and how it's a uh, natural transition from filmmaking visit canadawildproductions.com for more information on her and her work this new film is a production of lantern films please welcome back to the plant online program nettie wild Ms. wild good morning good morning thanks for joining us um for, right off the bat i should congratulate you for this award the governor's general uh, governor general's award for uh, individual and media arts it's a uh, well-deserved recognition w- what does it feel like uh, to be honored by your country like this it's, it's amazing it's it's important because um well a couple things first of all the biggest part of the award is when you make films like this you um make Friendships for life mm-hmm. with the people who you're following in the films because they're they're in extraordinary moments in your life and you've documented it and you've also made amazing um, partnerships with the crews that you've worked with and all those people have been checking in since I got the award and that's the goal that's the award yeah. you know and it's it's my time right now to shine my light right back at all those extraordinary people who helped make those films. So that's one huge part of it. The other is that the award comes at a time when I've made a shift in my art. Mm -hmm. And I'm so uh, moving from what, you know, some people call political feature-length documentaries. I called them high-stakes, real-life human dramas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I've moved into abstract installations and for me it's been an evolution and it's fantastic to have the you know the governor general's jury say yeah we get it we support it congrats and that's amazing that's just a, a, a profound sense of um i have a profound sense of gratitude for being um noticed Indeed, and this this short film, Chasing Light, by uh, uh, the folks at Lantern Films, Han Fan and uh, Dave Roden Short. Uh, I guess th- this was made as part of that award, right? It was part of the deal. Is mm. that you get to 
hang out with great filmmakers like that and Dave, and then you get your own treatment because instead of being behind the camera, I'm in front of the camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you, you, you talk in, 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 the, in the piece about uh, how filmmaking is a collaboration, and, and you just mentioned about you know getting to talk to all the, the, the people that you've gotten to work with over the years. Um, filmmaking is such a collaboration, but we forget that because um, when we think of um, the, the documentaries you've made, you know, the, the, the phrase, a Nettie Wild film or a Nettie Wild uh -huh. documentary, th that's what we think about. Uh -huh. um, it, what is it like working with, with all the people you've worked with over the years? I mean, I, I read somewhere a director once say that, um, um, you know, a director spends most of their day, say, making decisions or answering questions from, from other members of the company. Is that, I mean, it, it seems like a reductive way to think of, say, directing, but, but um, is there a lot of that, though? Well, for me, um, I find that my job is to pull other artists into a project to join me and um, create a situation where they can really, really excel as extraordinary artists. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, my project and the project uh, and myself, we all stand to benefit. So when you're dealing with the likes of uh, editor Michael Brockington, for instance, who's worked on my last five pieces, mm -hmm. he's a genius. <laughs> he's technically extraordinary, and he's equally as amazing as an artist. So the best thing you can do there is just step back and let him rip. And a lot of people say, gee, you know, why would you work with an editor? You lose control. And for me, it's the complete opposite. Is It's real one plus one equals three. Hmm. You end up in a place where um, mutually you surprise each other. And it comes back to what I talked about in the film. You take chances together and you leap into the unknown. And I, as a human being, I just couldn't do that on my own. I, I, I just couldn't do it. And that goes for, you know, my longtime producer, uh, Betsy Carson, um, and uh, cinematographers that I've worked with. It's interesting. I've always worked with a different cinematographer, not because I didn't want to work with them again, but huh. these folks are really busy. So you end up finding some other extraordinary magician out there. Yeah. <laughs> and that, for me, that leap into the unknown with other artists is the juice it's the um it's where the magic is and you're absolutely right um this whole business of me just getting an award um you know i i stand in front of one of the posters of my films and there's um sometimes as many as a hundred other people were a part of it and definitely four or five key collaborators so that's why i say at this point it's really up to me to shine the light on the amazing individuals I've had to work with, and um, yeah, that's yeah. that's what that's what directing has been for me from yeah. square one. You know, some some filmmakers mm -hmm. uh, who are enormously more talented than I am, when they stand in front of a poster of their own work, they've done everything. They've shot it. They've cut it. They've they've conceived of it. Mm -hmm. The whole work. And with me, um, I'm. Um, that's not me, you know. My, yeah. If I have, if I have any strength, it's being able to pull people together, and um, together 
we leap yeah. leap into that unknown and we we uh, we find amazing surprises and I, I wouldn't have found them yeah. without them hey, you talk about taking risks and 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 um, uh, let's say leaping into the unknown but but as you in the in the film but you, you also as you've just reflected it, it it takes a lot of people around you um i i guess there's a marvelous lesson there about just jumping off and 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 wondering it'll happen because i mean if if we overthink these things we wouldn't do half the things that, that we do in our life and and you, you certainly would have made um a lot of these movies if you if you didn't take risks say absolutely and and there's something here too. Um, it helps. It's a bulwark against doing the same thing over and over. Mm. It, 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 if you if you leap into the unknown in so many different ways, um, one of them is um, I learned early lo- early on, and the people in my movies caught, taught me this: is that do not avoid contradictions. Instead, lean into them. Mm. Why? Because they're complicated, and why in the world would you want to lean into complication? Because, because in that complexity, your audience will lean into the frame as well and go, holy smokes, what would I do if I had to deal with that? Boom, you're way past stereotype at that point, right? Yeah. You're into complexity. And then the trick is to not just do it with your subject matter, but to do it in your form. And that's where I've landed right now. That's where the natural evolution has brought me to a place where I'm now making abstract installations. Why? You know, I I, I don't want to be obtuse and artsy-fartsy and confuse our viewers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Together with the other artists I'm working with, we want to create something that is so compelling you can't help but look at it. And that you'll... I really want them to get to that place where they go, holy, I've never seen that like that before. Yeah. And guess what? Along the way, I've learned that documentary footage absolutely flourishes in the abstract and and in when you reach for that complexity. Absolutely flourishes. So I feel um, blessed that I'm in this form right now. Yeah. So you mentioned um, uh, that it was a, a natural evolution. Um, one wonders. I mean, um, will you ever go back to say the old form, the 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 documentaries that you once made? Say. Yes, I think the thing is, whenever an idea hits, and you know they come in such for a variety of really odd reasons, none of them are convenient. Mm. <laughs> it's like this itch. Yeah, <laughs> and all, the, and you have to scratch it. And I think one of the things you have to ask is, what is this? Is this a poem? Is this a um, a 90, you know ninety two minute feature documentary? Is this uh, uh, a triptych like Go Fish, which is what we're just launching right now? Um, is it something you project on a building? And you you go from the piece itself, listen hard, and figure out what it needs, and if it needs. Um, people to be, you know, in a cinema watching a full-length documentary, then, then that's the form. Um, and I think one of the, again, documentary, you know, footage taken from the real world, and believe me, we then manipulate the heck out of it. <laughs> but it provides such 
complex um, imagery to work with. Um, You know, you you don't, uh, my colleagues in drama, who I so admire, have to invent everything from the get-go. You know, but with documentary footage, the world is presenting you with patterns which, if you learn to see them, are extraordinary, sometimes very difficult to get. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where jumping off the cliff comes and taking chances. You know, sometimes I've taken chances that people would more easily understand where people are shooting at you, those kind of chances. <laughs> and, <laughs> but, there's, but there's other huge chances. When you start talking about, you know, projecting images of salmon onto the Camby Street Bridge, yeah. people at first, believe you me, looked at myself and my good friend and producer, Betsy Carson, like, you know, with those looks that are reserved for the slightly insane, right? <laughs> and, and then to, to be able to move forward again, the only way that I can move forward with any kind of confidence is when I have this knot of fantastic colleagues going, yeah, yeah, we, we could do this. You know, what about if we do this? And what if, what about if we do that? And they bring this tremendous curiosity, not only about the subject matter, but how. How in the world can you keep eight projectors lined up at the same time and project this 24 minutes of wonder onto the Canby Street Bridge, keep stuff dry and make it so that people can see it despite yeah. the city light and all that stuff? That's all big chances. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really, really exciting. So you mentioned Go Fish. Um, yeah. Uh, this is the, the, the latest project. Um, what does it look like, and how will people be able to see it? Well, first of all, it's a triptych, so it's on three screens, mm-hmm. um, and those screens can move, unlike the bridge. <laughs> so it's not site-specific, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> that means it'll be coming to galleries um, around the province and right across the country. Um, the um, But it's a new art form for me. And Michael Brockington is editing again and has done a magnificent job. Another first for me is that I'm co-directing for the first time, and I am very lucky to be working with Scott Smith. Um, he comes from a drama background. He's done one very, very good documentary as well. And um, the two of us, three of us with Michael, four of us with the composer, Owen Belton, mm-hmm. um, have created a, a piece that um, is about the herring spawn. Now, to say that it is about the herring spawn is, doesn't at all address the fact that we have made what I think is a truly trippy triptych. So if you can imagine, its, it's style is kind of like, you know what a kid's kaleidoscope is like? Oh, yeah. yeah. You turn it and, and all the images are refracted and uh-huh. mirrored. Yeah. We've used, we've, We've looked at our three screens and said, okay, what can we do with this? And we've created this truly trippy triptych, and it's about something. It's about a very controversial event that happens every spring when there's an explosion of wildlife that happens right off our coast in the Salish Sea, and the herring arrive, and literally hundreds of millions of birds and fish and animals arrive to feed, and so does the fishing fleet. Yeah. And we ask the question, if the herring sets the table,
objective is to, is we hope that we've made something that is unlike anything you've seen before mm-hmm. and that it will reach out and tickle people no matter who they are, no matter if they're fishers mm-hmm. or if they're environmentalists or everybody in between, and that for 14 minutes people can be immersed uh, in this space with this sound and these three screens and um, uh, share that uh, com- these wondrous and complex images and see where the conversation goes. And we're hoping that this can really, in our own small way, that we can cut through rhetoric, which is really big and polarizing us right now, yeah. and bring us together, no matter who you are. Yeah, so that's what we're up to. And it's opening at the Courtney Valley, sorry, the Comox Valley Art Gallery, which is in Courtney, which mm-hmm. is right in the Sailor Sea. So we're taking the fish home for its world premiere. And then, eventually, it'll come to other galleries, including Vancouver. We're not sure yeah. um, where. Stand by. <laughs> yeah, so we can always check your website for, for information like that. Well, um, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the title of the, the film, Han and Dave's film, uh, is, is Chasing Light. And, and the, the film opens. You're, you're in your car um, at uh, daybreak, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, we can hear Drew Caracas in, in, the, in, in the film. As, as it starts, and and uh, you're uh, heading off, I, I guess, to to the water for for a swim. Do you do that regularly? I do. I do it all year round. Really? Yeah, yeah. And it's been a huge um, source of strength and beauty for me. So um, I have uh, often. I'm swimming with a couple of friends of mine. We go at daybreak, uh-huh. and it. You know, a lot of times I spend uh, a day, hours and hours in a day in a darkened room looking at a bunch of screens, and this takes me out into the world and into the ocean, and it's like I get to touch a heartbeat that just sets my rudder. <laughs> yeah. And when I move into that ocean, it doesn't matter how cold it is, it's I'm aware of temperature, of of tide, of current, of a natural huge heartbeat that is thumping away out there, and it does me, it sets me straight for the day. It's it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. I'd assume that that um, your time in the water is is pr- probably less in the winter than it is, say, in. Yeah, in the summertime, we yeah. you know we'll swim for forty minutes, and Ooh. then the. Uh, on the coldest days of the year, we're in there for four or five minutes. Um, it, it doesn't matter. Each each experience is fantastic. Let me tell you, when it's, you know, minus five out and you're stepping into water that's A plus four, uh-huh. um, and it's electric. What <laughs> happens? <laughs> <laughs> it's really, and that was, that was a winter day that they shot me for that film. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, it's, I don't know. It feels like it arranges your chromosomes or something. It's just amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so so the, it's called chasing light. Um, you know that applies to, to to filmmaking just as much as it does say you, this daily activity of yours. Um, uh-huh. You mentioned um, uh, being in a dark room for most of the day doing your work. Um, 
Well, what's your relationship been like to, to say, say, darkness and, and, and night itself? I mean, do you dream at night? I do. But I think that the thing for me um, about light and dark is that <clears throat> I'm hypersensitive to light. I love it. So one of the things that's extraordinary, the reason that we go at dawn is because of the light. It's, it's I, I'm chasing it when I swim as much as, you know, when I'm filmmaking, when we're out filming, we're always looking up. We're always looking, because most of the time we're shooting by available light. Yeah, yeah. And so you're always looking for that donut, you know, to appear on a cloudy day where the sun will come out and it'll blast you with light. And I don't know if I spend, if it's because I spend so much time in the editing room and I spend so much time when I am outside actually chasing light, but I am hyper sensitive to it. And it, it, it amazes me when I'm sometimes with people and I'm, the light is so magic and the person I'm with can't see it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so I think I'm more, <clears throat> I'm more sensitive to light than I am to dark, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> it's not that I, I hide in dark spaces, if anything. Um, I need that light. And it's interesting, we turned my apartment into uh, an edit suite for Go Fish huh. um, for a couple of reasons. One was budget, um, and the other was I had a very bad accident in May, and um, I, I, the commute was from my bedroom to the, to the edit suite, which was great. But it, we had to close down the lights coming into um, my living room, and mm -hmm. my, which is most of the place where I live. And uh, lucky thing, I was working with Michael Brockington, who's a prince of a human being. It was hard. It was really, really difficult. And we would find both of us would would set our um, our phone alarms for magic light, and then we'd go out before the sun went down <laughs> just to catch yeah. that. And it uh, it lifts your spirit, you know. That's why I ski in the winter time. Mm. Get away from the get into the light, get away from the rain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, do do you um, because in in the citation for the award. Um, you, you've been you've been cited for your courage in addressing difficult and, in, and transient issues. Uh, you're also described as an icon. Do, do you see yourself as that? Do you see yourself as courageous? Say. Well, you know that's a really good question. No, of course not. At times, I'm either terrified, well, always terrified, but it isn't for reasons that you would think. Because I think what happens when you when, um, and I, I think most people would would understand this. You know, you you're you're up in the mountains in the Philippines, uh -huh. and you've managed to convince all sorts of people to back you so that you're there with equipment and a crew, always underfunded, but nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> and, and more importantly, you've convinced people to allow you to film them at a point when they are truly vulnerable in their lives. And so what that means is you are carrying this huge debt you have to capture that story you have to and of course you're only going to be allowed to capture shards of it right you're not going to get the whole story you don't even know the whole story you're from an out you're in that case i was from outside but you have to get enough of these shards of the story that it will come together in the edit suite and that is terrifying 
And so during those times, you know, often I had to be very careful that I didn't put other people in danger because I was too focused on um, the pursuit of getting the story. Mm. And you ha- I had to be very, very careful of that. Um, and and so it's it's a you don't see your aunt aunt you're also in the company of truly courageous people and your job is to not get in their way yeah right yeah. in any way shape or form and the same thing when when we're dealing with these um, uh, installations you know we're not dealing with a guerrilla army in the mountains yeah, yeah. Um, but we are dealing for instance. Um, I had to, together with Scott, uh, we pleaded with the fishing fleet to let us on on board. Nobody. They were way too scared, way too scared of a bunch of liberals with a camera and how we'd crucify them. (laughs) But one skipper did. Actually, two. One who, where we filmed his boat, and the other one who uh, we used his boat as a host boat for Uh our crew. And so... It's very important that we deliver the goods, right? Yeah. That that we that that becomes what's the challenge, you know? And and the same thing goes for all the environmentalists who helped us out. The people who were phoning us and saying the spawns over here, get over here. The people who were really really helping us understand the the marine biologist who, on for absolutely no money at all, was helping us we're not making a scientific film believe me it's not but we wanted to make a film that was based on smart science and there he is you know really really there for us so we have to deliver and so that's that's the yeah you don't feel courageous in those times you know you feel terrified that you're going to let everybody down (laughs) In these times, it's so important. You know, our job is to create something that's really compelling and that will pull people into the piece and into a conversation and not scare them off by telling them what to think. You know, this is, these are really controversial times and I don't want to add to the polarized rhetoric, which is driving us apart. You know, so yeah. I'll be just curious to see if if we've created something that's, you know, something that people haven't seen, the likes of which people haven't seen before, or if that's a, an idle boast and um, and where it goes, where the conversations go. Well, I, I, you know, I, starting a conversation, I think, is is courageous. And, and I think, you know, as a fan of yours over the years, I, 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 I can't help but look at, at each film and, and think that there was a, uh, some courage, you know, uh, uh, more more than say others, wh- where um, you did demonstrate that, and and I think that's what made m- makes your work and, and continues to make your work. I think. Um, but in, do you see what I mean? It's no, yeah. Courage is just, just such a loaded word. Right? Indeed, yeah. <laughs> and, <coughs> um, it's just you know you, you you don't wake up in the morning and go oh you know I'm a courageous person so i'm going to take on the world you know <laughs> yeah. it it it's there are other things at play and it comes down to that relationship that you have 
to, in some cases, the people that you're filming, um, in some cases to the people who helped you film, mm-hmm. who aren't on camera, but they're there, and, and in all cases uh, to your crew. And um, that really is the day-to-day motor. Um, and, uh, I'm, uh, and, you know, I think, oh, when it comes to um, the point of view of these films, um, you know, the point of view in these controversial times to say that we're making something that we hope both fishers and environmentalists will both attend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, does that come from courage or does it come from just a, a really strong need on both Scott Smith's part and mine uh, to uh, answer something that we think is really high stakes? And that's it as artists. We can create something that in, is inclusive. Yeah. Instead of scaring people away, you know, those fishermen were terrified of our camera. Terrified. Mm-hmm. They're not in the conversation. Yeah. You know, and this is, you know, this is bad. We we got we we've got to. How in the hell are we going to pull off this massive paradigm shift to help save save the whole planet? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're not talking. Indeed. You know, this is, anyway, it's the one thing, I think, as the crisis builds, I think the role of art builds, too. I think it gets bigger and bigger, and and that part's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, long may your, your own journey in creating art continue, because as I said, oh, thank you. I'm a fan, and congratulations again on this award. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you again. Oh, it's always a pleasure, Joseph. Thank you so much for your time. The website for DOXA is at doxafestival.ca. Visit uh, Nettie's uh, own website at canadawildproductions.com. Chasing Light is a production of Lantern Films and uh, is a short film by Han Pham and Dave Roden Short. You can see that at DOXA uh, May 6th and 11th. Uh, It's uh, subject, Nettie Wild. Join me on the line from here in Vancouver. I'm Joseph Plata.